Hi everyone, welcome to Illumination. My name is Adora Mbelu and I'm extremely passionate about helping people live a purposeful life. On this show, I'm going to be talking with so many amazing people whose journeys I hope will inspire you, will motivate you, and will empower you to do so many amazing things in this world because I believe that you were made for greatness. And so I want you to listen to all of this stuff and I want you to remind yourself that you are light. is an internationally certified Enneagram personality coach as well as an experienced telecoms media and technology consultant. As a specialist coach, facilitator and consultant, Ladi uses his unique blend of skills to offer powerful frameworks that help organizations deal with leadership and development, team dynamics and conflict resolution issues. He also works with individuals and couples who are looking for a transformational tool to aid their journeys towards self-mastery and healthier relationships. On this episode, Ladi talks about the Enneagram test, personality types and behavioral traits and how all these determine the way that we interact with everything and with everyone around us. Hi Ladi, it is brilliant to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you know, this conversation is going to be quite interesting because I feel like, you know, we we have such a deep connection in terms of our, our personalities, our values, our thought process and all of that. And, you know, my hope is that people will listen to this and take out so much from it. Um, you are clearly <laughs> one in a billion, if I say so myself. I think like, you know, you've done so much amazing work, but more importantly, um, you are very empathic and you're very connected and in tune to, to people, right? And that's very beautiful. <laughs> He's also my Am life I? coach, my brother, you know, my family. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you for being here. Thanks I know you just hopped me. off a flight recently and all of that drama, but you made it. Yes, but you know that there, there are certain places you go that yeah. that give you energy yeah. when you don't have any, and anytime I hang with you, you 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 give me energy. So thank you, thank you, thank Good you. Good to be thank here. You. Thanks, man. Thanks. Good thanks. to be here. Yeah. Okay. Good. So um, we're gonna jump right into it, right? I want to talk sure. about, um, you know, you're an enneagram coach, uh, yes. in, and you've got thought process about how personalities work. Mm -hmm. Um, you've delved deep into it. Um, you've taken classes on it. You've been trained on it. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about, you know, that journey to doing this. First okay. of all, like, where did that come from? At what point did you say, you know what? I'm actually interested in people yeah. <laughs> and how people work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, where did the journey begin? I, my wife and I used to be, well, not used to be. We actually are still. Uh, marriage counselors, marriage counselors, coaches. She actually also has a more focused marriage coaching practice as well. But um, the whole journey for us started many years ago. We were in church as a young couple and we were just like, you know what? Why don't we learn a little bit more about how to be in a healthy relationship? So we actually went through the process of marriage counseling through our church ourselves and eventually the the church i guess decided that we should also become counselors as well um and th this was a this was the point in our lives where we were already leading a house fellowship so we we felt we were already serving um but then this came about and we just found out that this was something we were really really passionate 
about. So we moved into the marriage counseling space, uh, primarily working with couples in, in church. So we, we ended up having the opportunity to, to work with a lot of couples. The way we used to run the program at the mm. time um, in the church was you, each counselor would have three couples that they, that they worked with. So over the course of a year, you end up working with maybe about 10 couples, you know, nine to 10 couples uh, over a, a 10 to 11 week period of time, just taking them through the different areas of, mm. of marriage uh, from everyone's roles and responsibilities to communication, to conflict resolution, to how to manage their money, whatever. You take them through all these things, right? And so over the course of that, you start to see certain patterns. You start to just see certain patterns. Uh, one of the first patterns that we we discovered was that at the root of a lot of the problems people were having was communication. Mm. Okay. So we're like, okay, you know what? We really need to focus in on the communication aspect of this curriculum because if these guys can fix their communication, then a lot of the other issues that were coming up will eventually just kind of fall, fall away. So we kind of zeroed in and zoned on, zoned in on that, right? Um, but then as we were working with people on that, we realized that you're able to teach them what communication right. is, right? Uh, but then <laughs> there were deeper issues. Um, so that was something that I was kind of struggling with at the time. Like, you know what? There's still something missing. There's something that um, we're not able to make these people see. And I started to realize that these guys don't even understand each other. Mm. Some of these folks don't even really understand themselves. They don't even know why they do what they do. Right. They don't know why they behave the way they behave. You know, it's so easy to be like, oh, you make me behave that way. You made me do this or you made me do that. But there's obviously something else. Mm. So I was kind of uh, battling with that. And then we're parents. Uh, we have three kids and they were also starting to, to get older. And then as your kids start to get older, you start to notice their personalities a lot more. And you start, you know, one of the first things that hits you is how different they can all be. Mm. And you're there saying to yourself, I'm raising them in the same household, right? right. They're exposed to the exact same things, but why are they so different? Um, you try certain parenting techniques with one, um, but they don't work with the other. And we start to notice things like that. Um, so it just hit me that, look, I need to understand each child individually, individually, just so that I'm able to parent them based on what they need mm -hmm. individually. I, I need to really understand what I need to focus on with each of these kids. Mm -hmm. So I kind of have this, I'm trying to be a better parent thing going. Mm -hmm. I kind of have this, I'm trying to be a better counselor thing going as well. And so I, I just start doing my, you know, my research. Right. I used to work for a telecom company that, that had this pretty small vision. Uh, the, their vision was to connect in the other three billion people in the world that don't have access to reliable internet connectivity. So, I mean, needless right. to say, this was a, this was a very innovative environment. This was a very, very, you know, a group of very, very bold uh, people trying to go out there and change the world, right? Mm. So um, in, in the course of the work that we were doing, I mean, we'd have tons of retreats and things of that nature. Um, and I remember in one of our retreats, us having personality assessments done. And 
I remember that I couldn't take the results of those personality assessments away to go and use them in other areas of my life outside of work. Because right. I found out that they were very, very outward focused. The outward focus that we all have, that's yeah, that's our behavior, that's yeah. our personality. But then there's a stuff underneath, right? right? The self. The self. <laughs> really. and, 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 and when things are not going well, the truth of the matter is, it's it's the self that's the problem. I mean, if you think, think about it, think about it, even just from a, a a business environment perspective. You know, companies are like, okay, we're we're trying to achieve this great thing, but our people they they don't get it, so they end up reorganizing mm -hmm. the company, or you know, they bring in an expert to assess the people. But then, if you're just focused on the on the outward things, right. you're missing a critical piece because. It's their inward things that they're also bringing into the work environment that they're bringing into that experience that ex that's affecting what they're doing. It's right. affecting how they're relating with other people. Um, so I, I just realized that there's got to be more. There's got to be um, other ways to dig a bit deeper. So just doing a lot of research mm -hmm. through that process, I discovered the Enneagram and it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks when my when one particular personality type was described mm. and it just fit me like a glove and and not only did it fit me like a glove it <laughs> yeah i'm gonna say it again it actually hit me like a ton of bricks because i felt like it knocked me down because right. there were things about it that uh i would have struggled to admit to myself and that's always a good sign mm. That's always a good sign because those things you st struggle to admit to yourself, those are the things that are in your blind spot. Those and are, those are the things that you really need to deal with. Those are the things right? you really need to deal with. Yeah. They're the things you really need to deal with. And so what kind of like differentiates the Enneagram from the other tests? Um, a lot of the other tests are very, they're very outward focused. Mm -hmm. They focus on your cognitive skills. They focus your on, strengths. on your strengths, right? You know, Myers-Briggs, DISC, uh, strength finders, you know, a lot of them focus on what you're already good at, but they don't, they, they don't challenge you on the things that you would struggle to admit mm -hmm. to yourself. They don't, they don't challenge you at the soul level. They don't challenge you at the essence level. They don't challenge you at the motivation level. And that to me is what was different about the, about the Enneagram. So its origins are not that clear. I mean, it goes as far back as the 12th century, probably even earlier than than that. Mm -hmm. At at some point, you know, some guy starts sets up this spirituality school somewhere in Europe, and he invites uh, teachers, uh, psychologists, and all sorts of people from different fields mm -hmm. into his spirituality school, so they could share different ideas and he started sharing concepts about the Enneagram what you know what we now know as the Enneagram started sharing concepts about how there's nine different lenses through which we we look at the world right there was someone else who um, discovered that there's from an intelligence perspective there's not just your head intelligence there's actually three different centers of intelligence that each human being has you have your 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 thinking you have your feeling and mm. you have your your doing so each of these are different centers of intelligence that yeah. that we all have 
right? Well, different contemporaries in psychology and in the spirituality space are all doing a bunch of work um, around the late 20s up until the 70s. And, and then there was someone else who she came up with this mm. um, finding that we all, re we all respond to life three different ways. Uh, what am I going to do? What do I think? What do I feel? Mm. We, we all respond to life either you know, by moving towards people, moving away from people, or moving against people, right. right? Then eventually people started to take all these things and put, they took some of these other concepts and they overlaid them over the, uh, the foundational work of the, uh, of the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. um, there was some work done around the human instincts. Yeah. And that was basically someone discovering that um, there's three core human instincts that we all have. Yeah. Um, there's the instinct of self-preservation, right. which is basically how do I survive? Right. There's the there's a social instinct, uh, which is basically how where do I fit in the group that I belong to? Right. Just so that we as a group, everyone knows their role so that we as a group or a clan or a village or whatever, so that we so can. Like about integration. Yeah, about integration integrate, right? and even to be able to preserve ourselves right. against okay. whatever yes. is out there. Then there's also um, another instinct, which is the the one-on-one the -on -one instinct, which is more along the lines of how do I, how do I preserve my bloodline? How do I form the relationships that are going to keep me around or keep my generations or whatever around yeah. for an extended period of time. So we have these three different instincts and they were able to lay these instincts mm. over the Enneagram. Um, and they started to see patterns, right? Um, they started to see that within those nine different lenses, you'd have a group of, you know, three different types of people yeah. that the, 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 the sense of intelligence that they defaulted to was maybe they're doing center of intelligence. They were more, you know, they were more doing, um, you know, type people. You would find people who are more heart centered yeah. people. So you find another three groups who are heart centered. Then you'd find another three group that were thinking centered type of, uh, type of people. And even within each of those, so they decided to call those triads, right? And then even within the, the, the triads, you would find that those different um, ways in which people, um, you know, also even respond to maybe what they want to get out of the world, which is either they're assertive or compliant yeah. or withdrawn. You'd find that you would find one of the numbers that fits um, in each of those in, in each of those tribes. So there were all these patterns, right, mm -hmm. that were able to be overlaid, you know, over that basic work that the uh, the early guys had done mm. around the the enneagram and it just it just made sense mm. to me it just made right. so much sense to me so that that is what kind of brought me into this journey um of becoming a student of of the enneagram and now moving me into a space where i'm now taking it out into the world i i just have this passion to help people achieve self-mastery right. by understanding themselves better, knowing the journey they really need to go on. Right? People who want to experience transformational change, right. you know, but don't really know how to start. It starts from you even understanding yeah. yourself. People yeah. who find themselves in a, a dilemma, um, but don't really know 
the first steps to take or what's even contributing to that dilemma. You're able to use tools like the Enneagram as well as, of course, other. It's a tool, right? It's not a one and all. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. something you use alongside everything else that you that you have in life from your lived experience to uh, other tools that are out there. Whatever yeah, and I mean, it's, it's pretty much. I feel like, you know, it's a, it's a proven method. Um, obviously, it's based off of, it was created off of a lot of data that yes. was collected, you know, over a period of mm -hmm, time. Mm -hmm. It was one of those things that I didn't necessarily feel like I needed at the mm -hmm, time. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you know, going through life and then taking so many personality tests, even yeah. down to, so I, I took the disc, I took, you know, Myers-Briggs. Um, also, just taking all those quizzes that yeah, come up yeah, on, yeah, on yeah, social yeah, media, yeah. you know, you see it, it's a quiz, you take yeah. it. And then it tells you about, oh, you know, you, ha you share the same personality as one great person. And mm -hmm, they mention mm -hmm. all the great people. Mm -hmm. And your mindset is automatically like, oh, you know, I'm as great as this person because we share personalities and everything. And it's like, I, I think when I discovered the Enneagram through you, it just opened up a completely different um, world for me where I was able to see, you know, like you've mentioned, um, the weaknesses as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so what are your blind spots and how can you overcome that? And then focusing on like just understanding that people have different personalities, right? Yes. And so people will perceive things, uh, perceive you a certain way and that's your personality yeah, pretty and, much and they don't understand why, the why. Yes. they don't understand the motivation yes. behind it yeah. and, and one of the things about the enneagram is it, it helps you understand that people's outward behavior is not all that they that they are so you could see two people do the same thing and you think you understand them and you think that they are alike but they have different reasons mm. for doing that thing that that they did mm. um you you can find for example someone that is is very maybe just very driven and gets the job done mm. right and you you just think okay well you know this guy maybe he's doing that because he just likes to outshine everybody else mm. and he you know he he gets his validation from just being the star and while that is possible, that, that can be a reason why he did it. There are other people who would, would have the same exact result, but have a totally different motivation, mm. uh, for why they, they did that, that same exact thing. Uh, for example, you can have someone who might be of a, of a personality of a peacemaker like myself, mm. which is the Enneagram nine. Um, and you know, people might experience you in, in the work environment and see you just like getting stuff done, mm. but they don't, they don't understand like the, the amount of energy it takes for you, or they don't understand that one of the reasons why you are getting it done is because you, you, you subconsciously believe that, look, this is something that needs to be done. And if it's not done, there's going to be conflict mm. in the environment that I'm in. And I don't like conflict. Right. I do not like conflict at all, which is one of my blind spots. I don't like conflict. I, I want to do everything I can. I subconsciously do everything I can it. to avoid <laughs> conflict, even to the point of becoming an expert at managing conflict. You know, a lot of times people call me to actually come and help them mm. manage conflicts, you know, 
And they don't, re- and they just think, oh, you're just good at this. But they don't realize that, yeah, the reason I might be good at it is because I don't even just. I don't you don't like it. it. So I you won't like, solve it. I want to solve it so <laughs> yeah. that we don't have to, to have, have it. it. Yes. You see what I mean? <laughs> right. So, and sometimes that manifests itself in the form of, okay, well, you know what? Something needs to be done. And then this guy is just, he's just this doer. He goes out yeah. and gets it done. I did it for a different reason than maybe the guy who just, yeah. who just likes to be a star, who just likes to look. Yeah look good yeah. as he as he does stuff yeah. I, I do it for a different reason than the person who is a helper mm-hmm. you know that's the enneagram too who who naturally um gets their validation from what they're doing for other people mm-hmm. uh i do it differently from the person who to him it's just a new experience right because he's all about new experiences yeah. and just doing exciting things right. um simply because for him he doesn't like to even face or experience any pain or anything different it's an avo- you know it's it's his way of even just it's avoiding a it's a defense mechanism, mechanism for <laughs> yeah. for him you yeah. see what i mean so that's one of the reasons why it's it's important you at least have you know at, at a high level an understanding Basically of why people do what it is that they do but then when we even form these personalities i know i'm interested in knowing like you know where do we form the personalities where does it start you know at what point in your childhood does it start yeah. that's one and two like can we shift personalities you know like so do you do you ever encounter people who are stuck in a personality that really isn't theirs okay <laughs> Very good question. I'm going to answer the last one right. first. And uh, yeah, I'll probably just uh, go backwards from there. Uh, do you account people who are stuck in a personality? I think the first thing that we should establish is none of us are our personality. Mm. Like none. Your personality is not who you are. Your personality is who you think you need to be to get what you want out mm. of this world. People love us mm. for our personality. Mm. They, they probably won't like us for our essence if they were to eventually get down to who our essence is. Mm. Um, and we all need to go on this journey of, okay, so you know, I'm, I am my personality, right? But we need to eventually realize that, no, I'm actually not. Mm. my personality and we need to deconstruct that so our personality can be we can consider that the order in which we go into the world Mm. and then when you learn a lot more about yourself and you realize that your essence your soul is actually different from your personality you experience some disorder because you're like i always thought this was me but then i'm seeing other things that about myself that i didn't understand and then once you start that journey of moving towards integration Mm. then you can reorder who you are so you go through this order disorder and reorder Mm. journey and when you eventually arrive in the reorder process of course people understand you better you Mm. you come across as a lot more Mm. authentic um so so essentially does i mean if i'm right so are we saying like our personalities, you know, are what we develop in order to integrate into society. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's what we develop in order to integrate into society. So in terms of are you stuck in a personality yeah. and does it change? Um, again, your your core essence is, is who you are. Mm. The lens through which you start off looking at life doesn't change. What you do with it can change over time. Um, so let me just establish a couple of things. So you have your core 
uh, essence or your, or let me even do, I'll use the word personality mm. in this case. And then you have these instincts that I described earlier, mm. which is, are you a self-preservation mm. person? Is, is that, is, is that the instinct you, you, you naturally fall to? Mm. Are you a, uh, you know, a one-on-one -on -one type person? Are you a, a, a social person? We all have these instincts built into us yeah. and we access them at, at at different times based on what we feel we need yeah. uh, and, and and based on which one feels like a strength to us so there so there's that and that can be movable as you you know just as you grow and as you experience life mm. your instincts certain you can sharpen certain instincts you can dull you know certain instincts and you know so that can ha that can happen um you also have your senses of intelligence which is your are you a, a you know when something happens, do you think first? When something happens, do you act first? Right. When something do you, happens, do you, do you right. feel yeah. first? Right. These are things that you can kind of move around as you're working towards your journey of being more integrated, mm -hmm. right? But your core personality always, your core essence is who you are, mm -hmm. is who God created you mm -hmm. to be. Your personality is that stuff you've built mm. on top of that. And yes, that can shape shift based on what you need to get out of this world. But the, the core of who you are, mm. that doesn't change. Yeah, That's what you're trying to get back to, actually. Right, because you're, cause you're I, I always like to say, you know, like we're spirits in a bottle. Yes. So, right. So if you're a spirit in a container, yes. right, for that human container to be able to thrive in this world, like you. It needs to be able to integrate. It yes. needs to be able to do yes. things. It needs to be able yes. and it's like so you you have to build that personality. Yes. And it really depends on, on your environment. It depends 100%. on all those things, right? Because some people 100%. feel like they don't need to build certain instincts or or they naturally don't even get those instincts because 100%. they're not in an environment that requires that they use that they, part. They use that part of who they are. Mm. So that I think that's a good segue into mm. the first question, which is uh, at what point does that start getting formed Form. it actually it it starts really really early in life uh, some people say as early as age seven sometimes slightly earlier or a little bit later depending on your life experiences and your level of, of, mm. of maturity but you know the thing is so god creates all of us balanced right so god created us to use our thinking for activities that require thinking, mm -hmm. to use our feeling for activities that require feeling and to, you know, use our ability to do mm -hmm. for activity that require doing. So we all, we all start off as balanced yeah. that way. But then at some point in your life, something happens. Everyone experiences some sort of a wound, some sort of a realization that, you know what? This life is not perfect. It's not. I can't get every single thing I want. There's just not enough resources mm. Mm. in the world for any, every single one of us to get every single thing mm. that, that we want. So, for example, as a kid, when you experience this, and it could happen at any point in time, um, when you experience this, each person has a different reaction mm. to that. Some kids end up being angry, okay? And then that now becomes the baseline of what their, their, their personality now becomes. So it's like they discover that, you know what? In this world, I can't, 
get everything I want mm-hmm. or, you know, this world is just not what I thought it was going to be. And they're, they're angry at that. So some kids will decide that, you know what, if that's the case, I'm just going to go out there and just make up the world of myself. I'm going to control everything that I, you know, that I can. I'm going to, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to, I'm going to lead and take control. And yeah. th- that then becomes the baseline of their, the, the personality that they start to form. And th- those guys end up being more in the Enneagram eight, uh, range. There, there's people like myself who then what happens with folks like us is, we're like, okay, so this world is not perfect, but I'm angry about it, but that's not a good emotion. I want to just not mm. deal with that mm. at all. And, I, and one of the things I'm noticing about this world is there's so much conflict in this world. It could be that I was seeing a lot of conflict in my home with, you know, between my parents, right. or it, it could be that I saw it somewhere else. I mean, everyone's experience yeah. is, is different. So we just decide, and we're angry about this. Um, so we just decide that, you know what? We are going to self-forget. If we don't have any needs, then we don't increase the volume of conflict that's in the world. We start right. to feel like, well, one of the reasons why there's so much conflict in the world is because there's all these needs, right? And so we just decide that, you know what? We're just gonna, we're gonna dull that. Mm. You know, we're not gonna have any needs, okay? And we're just gonna try and keep the peace. We're gonna right. try and make sure that, you know what? Everywhere we go, whatever is required to just keep it a calm environment, yeah. that's what we're gonna do. And then that starts to shape our personality. Mm. And you have others who they realize the world is, is, is not perfect and they're angry about it. And, and, and that emotion, stays with them that emotion of anger actually stays with them and what they decide they're going to do is you know what i'm going to either try to fix myself mm-hmm. or i'm going to try to fix the world or i'm going to find somebody that i'm going to throw all my attention into and 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 fix them right and, and so you you might be able to start to see how this starts to then blend with their the different instincts that they yeah. have like maybe a social instinct or yeah. a self-preservation instinct or a one-on-one instinct but then these things start to shape their 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 personality mm-hmm. so these three people that these three different types of people that i just described are known as the enneagram the first is the enneagram eight the second which is myself is the enneagram nine and then the last one i just described is the enneagram one mm-hmm. where where the ones uh you know known as the people in the body center mm-hmm. where the where the ones who first of all take in information uh through feeling mm-hmm. we we don't always process that information and analyze that info well we process it through feeling but we don't always uh, analyze it and respond back yeah with with feeling right but that's how we take it in and but then what what also then starts to happen with each and every one of us is once we come to this realization and once we come to the realization that there is a particular way that the people in our lives, the people who we love, mm. need us to be for us to continue to get their love, we start to lean more on whatever intelligence is going to give us that. Mm. So what then happens is when you start to lean more on one of your centers of intelligence, yeah. You, you start to use it more because it's the one getting you what you want. Right. Then there ends up being a, a second center of intelligence that supports that. 
And then there's a third one that just gets suppressed mm. and not used at all because he comes up, he gets wounded, comes up, he gets wounded. So he just, he just stays down and he eventually just gets suppressed and you just end up not using him, using that center of intelligence so, that much. So technically, right? <laughs> from mm -hmm. what I'm hearing, and I'll let you continue yeah. from what, what I'm hearing, it means like, we're all sort of, <laughs> we all sort of have multiple personalities. <laughs> we're just not building. It just depends on which one you build the most. Yes. Right. Because yes. we all have the capacity and ability yes. to yes. express, right? The different, um, behaviors that yes. come with each of the personalities yes. in yes. essence. A hundred percent. But we decide which ones we want to bring out at A hundred percent because we're trying to live and survive in the world and the world is speaking as well. Mm -hmm. The world is telling you this is what you need to do to get what you want from here. So we, because we're trying to survive, that's our natural human instinct. We start to gravitate towards the things that will give, that will, that will get us where we need to, mm -hmm. to go. So let me give you an example. You can take maybe a kid who and I think you find a lot of Nigerians that might fall into this space. You take a kid who grows up in a house where um, they're, they're told that um, whatever you do, whatever you do um, is how you get love. If you yeah. perform well in school, that's when we're proud of you. If you clean your room, that's when we're proud of you. So that kid starts to tie love to achievement mm. so that then mm. starts to you know shape that kid's right. personality now the interesting thing is that kid might be someone who whose primary center of intelligence is their heart center they take in information mm. first through mm. feeling mm. you know that kid might be the kind of kid that he's able to read people which is a heart function, just the ability to be able to read people, right. you know, this is what's going on with you. It's a heart function, right? right? But then, so he has that. But then growing up, he's told that, well, you get love only if you perform. So even though that's a center of intelligence he has, and then a gift, uh, you know, a strong gift that God is giving him or her, he then just decides, you know what, I'm just going to get stuff done. I'm going to doll that down and I'm going to focus on just getting right. stuff done. Right. And then he goes out into the world and he's achieving success from getting stuff done. So he leans more and more and more on that. And now he's a CEO of a, of a company, a successful company, but he's totally detached from his emotions. He had to do that to achieve the right. success. So see now that thing that he had, when he, even as a kid that ended up being suppressed is now coming to bite him mm. later in life. Mm. Now he doesn't know how to connect with his employees because he's been using two of his centers of intelligence. Mm. He ended up using more of his doing center of intelligence to get stuff done and his thinking center of intelligence to get stuff done. But then he suppressed his feeling center of intelligence, even though it's a part of him, even though it's, you, you, you actually, he, he actually uses it in a, um, should I say, an inefficient way. You know, he just, he just uses it to read people just for the purpose of getting what he wants done. Right. Because that, that was a journey that started for him as, as a child. So you're basically debunking. <laughs> <laughs> people who say that oh you know this person they're just like that 
their particular way and that's how they are so they'll be like that for the rest of their life and then they say to you you know because this person is like that you have to change yourself to try and fit that person but it's not really that the person is like that it's really that they have sort of built on a particular piece of land yes <laughs> right essentially yes and that's it. but it doesn't mean that they don't have the capacity 100%. but i guess at the core of it and you've probably seen this in your journey at the core of it is you have to be willing right you have to, to be willing to make that decision and i think that, that that is where coaching comes in yes and you making a decision yes. that you know what i actually need yes a hundred percent and and i think i mentioned this earlier remember people like us for our personality mm. not for our essence and when you begin a journey of self-discovery when you begin a journey of trying to figure out your essence who am i at my core mm. you start to realize that man that person is slightly different to who the world knows mm. but that's who the world knows so you might be hesitant you might be hesitant to embark on that journey because it's hard. It's hard work that you need to do. Mm. It's soul searching. I need to get uncomfortable work that you need to do, which is why people tend to need help mm. on that journey because it's, it's not an easy journey. I mean, again, just using myself as, as an example, because I naturally don't like conflict. I'm the guy that, yeah, I smile. I, you know, people feel like, oh, you're a very positive mm. person. Uh, you don't, you know, and, and people don't even realize that I hardly ever bring up any of my own needs mm. because I've gone through this life journey of self forgetting. Mm. I've gone through this life journey of, you know what? Any environment I find myself, let me do whatever it takes yeah. to keep everybody at happy peace. And peace. Yeah, everyone at, you know, everyone happy. And one of the ways for me to do that is to not complicate matters with my own need. Oh, what do you need? Ah, don't worry about mm. it. What do we need? Mm. Let's focus on what we, let's get this thing that we are all doing together. Let's get it done. Um, but then you get angry. Remember, anger is that primary emotion right. that I struggle with. And I remember, reading uh, about my my enneagram type mm. and having to deal with are you really angry mm. and the truth is i am and I'm, I'm an angry person who has been able to suppress that reality right. i'm angry about not having my own needs met by the world by people um but this is something i created so I'm on this journey of getting comfortable with and being able to access my own needs. And, and for me, that journey towards being able to even access my own needs is, is to be able to reconnect to my own feelings. It's like, you know, the funny thing about me is I have a negative experience. I'm even calm. And, you know, people, <laughs> people see you like that. So, right. so again, that's not, that now becomes your personality. And right. that's what people accept about you. If anything happens, man, this is the calm guy. Right. Let's There's all no go to him. He, you know, he does, you know, <laughs> yeah. no shaking. It doesn't, you know, he doesn't mm. get moved. Mm. There's a, there's a, there's a flip side to that. The flip side to that is I just came from an amazing summer with my family away. And 
in as much as I keep saying it, you know, we had a great time. We had a great time. We had a great time. And we did. But I, I just feel like I, I didn't access the emotions connected to a great time the way I see people mm. who are able to connect with the emotion of having a great time. The way they feel is like I'm envious of that. Right. I'm envious of that. But I struggle to access that because I've just drowned that out. You know, out. Right. So there's a good, there's a, there's a positive and a negative to, to, to everything. So I need, I need to do that work. And that's the work. That's one of the works I am doing mm. in my journey towards uh, self mastery, towards better integration of the who I am in terms of being able to um, pick the different sides of the the human personality, pick the you know being able to access the different gifts that God has available yeah. for me. I want to talk about like spirituality a bit, mm. just just because you know the people who are listening to this, you know, who are probably saying. Oh my gosh, like, yes, this, you know, spirituality and they're afraid to yes. sort of, you know, dig a little bit deeper into Enneagram and into personality in general. Cause yes. I feel like, you know, sometimes there's just a connotation that we put on, um, on understanding things like this. Yes. This, especially when it's not directly connected to our faith. Yes. Or to yes. What, you yes. know, what we believe. Yes. So it's like, you have people from different faiths saying, yes. I don't really want to explore this person. Yes. Thing. Yes. Yes. Too, yes. You know, and, and so what, what do you say to people like that? Okay. So, so for me personally, I'm a Christian mm -hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm someone that feels like I've always worn my faith on my sleeves. It's always been a big part of, of who I am. And it's actually, it's one of the levels at which we all connect so, so deeply. I mean, when we get together to have yes, a lot of the conversations definitely. that we have, they end up just moving, moving in that, that, moving in that direction. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, it's, you know, time just kind of blows by. Uh, so, and one of the things I've learned as a Christian is that we're fully integrated beings. We're body and spirit and we're soul. We're, we're, we're this exotic cocktail, uh, that God has put together. So for me, anything must also be able to speak to that side of who we are. I believe it, be it in a work environment, be it in relationships, be it in parenting, whatever the case may be, you, you're supposed to bring your, your whole self including your spiritual self mm. into that in environment. Mm. So even when I was on this journey of trying to discover the best way to get people to understand themselves at a deeper level, I, one of the requirements for me was a tool that would help address that. And I honestly feel like the Enneagram helps us address that. Like if you take each of the Enneagram personalities, mm. Each personality type, it, it points out, hmm. um, should I say, a, a sin or a, a defect hmm. or a core wound or, uh, you know, a way in which each person misses the mark, hmm. right? Uh, for example, I, I struggle with, with sloth. Hmm. You know, I, 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 I struggle with, um, just, because I self forget myself and my needs, I struggle with putting in the work 
regarding my needs. Right. I'm so focused. But God wants me to do that. Right. God does want me to do that. So this is so actually fixing. It's fixing that. I'm, I'm, I am missing the mark. Mm. You, and you know, one of the definitions of mm. sin is actually just missing the mark. Mm. So I'm missing the mark mm. that way. There, there, there are people who struggle with anger. Mm. The Enneagram ones struggle with anger. And, um, these are the people who just feel like, you know what? I need to get things perfect, right. but you're replacing God mm. in that. Sometimes it, done is good enough. Mm. It doesn't always have to be perfect. Mm. You know, they struggle with this inner critic, this voice that's telling them they're not good enough. So they invest all their energy into just making sure everything is done right. Mm. There, there are people who struggle with pride. Um, you look at the, the Enneagram twos, the helpers, mm. and you look at, especially when they're at an unhealthy level, before they do the work of, of better integrating themselves and working towards health, the real core motivation and the real reason why they help so much is because they get validation from that. They actually, at their core, believe that by helping others, by focusing on the needs of others, is how I am going to get my needs met. So they're dealing with pride. They're dealing with, I'm a good person because I help other people yeah. do their stuff. So they struggle with pride. They struggle mm. with pride. They are the Enneagrams three. They are people who struggle with deceit. Mm. Um, the people who mm. it's just all about getting the stuff done and mm. and looking good while they do it. And you know, I, I described them earlier, right? You know, these are people who they can read you, right? They can read you and they will give you what they need mm. to give you to get what they want mm. out of you. That's deceit. And it's just sitting there in their subconscious and they're just there like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to get it done. But that's that's one of their core struggles. Mm. Right. There are people who struggle with with envy. If you think about those people who <laughs> and a lot of creatives end up falling in this in this space. Right. They have this this you know they have this burning desire to just be unique but they also in the process they find themselves always looking at the next person you know why you know why is what they did good enough you know how come you know but mine is better you know you know how come they're getting praise and accolades but i put more into mine so they're struggling with envy you, you, you see what i mean yeah they're, they're those who struggle with with, with, with greed because you know so there's one of the personalities the Enneagram fives who they, they struggle with fear uh, in terms of that core wound that's that hit them at childhood mm -hmm. when they realized that the world was was not uh, what they thought it, it was, was. Yeah. for them they became fearful and they decided that you know what I'm gonna learn everything I need to learn in order to be able to survive in this world, I'm going to just dive into information. So they're information junkies and they're very greedy with their resources because right. they actually feel like they have limited resources. They actually feel like they only, and they, they feel like they only have this much energy mm. every day. That's and not they have true. to commit that energy. Exactly. To so they're so this they yeah, yeah. So they're hoarding. Exactly. They're greedy with their resources. <laughs> and we can and we can go around right. every number. For example, the the Enneagram Sevens, who are the you know, they are the fun loving. They are the ones who come across as visionary, fun loving, looking like they're always you know 
having a good time. They struggle with gluttony. Mm. They can't get enough of life. They can't get enough of a good time. For example, I see this in my son. <laughs> he will ask you a question. Dad, how was your day? Right. And you're telling him about your day and you're looking in his eyes and you're realizing that he's taken the information <laughs> in, but what he's actually doing is he's weaving it into other stories in his head right. uh, about another experience he wants to have. So right. he didn't really care what my day was. He just needed right. a new story. He just needed a new good you know, time, a new yeah. thing to envision. Right. You, you, you see what I mean? So, you know, they lost for... The, you know, their lust for life is a bit too much. Yeah. You see what I mean? There's something at a spiritual level with each type of person that we struggle with. And I feel like the Enneagram helps us with that. And I feel like this is something that the church can benefit from. I feel like it, within the church, you know, what you have in the church is people coming and saying, hey, I'm struggling. I have a problem and I don't know what it is. Uh, I, you know, I don't know why my life is going this right. way. I don't know why I do some right. of the things that I do. And, and it's kind of deeper than just go and pray. Yeah, it's deeper than go and pray. It's, it's you being able to help them get to the core of this, who of who they are, is you being able to get that person who struggles with pride um, to see that, look, you're doing these things you're doing for the wrong reasons, mm -hmm. you know, because see, leading a house fellowship or singing in the choir, that's not soul work or, you know, that you're just doing, that's doing, that's external stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I know we we find a way to re, to rephrase it and to repackage it as no, we're doing our soul's work that mm. way. No, we're really not. We're doing works, mm. but we need to work on ourselves. We need to work internally. So, I, I, and and that's one of the things that also drew me to the Enneagram because I consider myself a very spiritual person as a Christian, and this this just kind of this helped put it all together. Yeah for me yeah the other part of it was is so having been in in the church for such a long period of my life i've been been a serious christian since my 20s i'm in my 40s now mm. um and i've i've served i've worked in church uh, my wife and i were marriage counselors and would run you know, counseling workshops and all these things within, uh, within those environments. So I've always, I've always done that, you know, and people always say to me that, Oh, you know, you should be a pastor or, you know, you, you know, you have this gift from God. You should use it in this way. And I've always felt like that's other people's work to do. I'm not running away from it, but I just feel like God has other work for me mm. to do. And then I ended up discovering this. And I find that this is my work from God to do, helping people to uncover their unconsciousness and bring those things that they're struggling with in their unconsciousness into their consciousness so that they know, so that they can begin that journey of, of work on themselves and becoming a better version of themselves. So that wherever it is that they go into within the work environment, in their relationships as parents whatever it is that they're doing they're able to go into that as their full self 
And that's what brought me into this. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the end part just got me. You know, it's a great summary of, of your why, of why you're doing yeah. this and, and, you know, the, the power in what it is that you're doing. Um, a lot of the people who are watching you right now yeah. will want to know where they can find you after this. So can you just tell me your social media handles? Where can they find you? I'm on Instagram <laughs> okay. at L O K U N E Y. Awesome. So, guys, look out for Ladi. Thank you so much. This was a very insightful conversation. Appreciate it. Thank and you, okay. sis. Thanks, thanks, thanks. What's Good hanging with you as always. Subscribe to this channel for more insightful and impactful learning. Check out our website, luminaworld.com, for show episodes, resources, and events. Let's continue this journey of growth.